Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode. Today with me, I have a very special guest named Iro Vasa. Iro is a national tennis player from Finland and he's also a student athlete at Cornell. I'm super excited for this conversation because he's going to share with us all about his world of tennis. From training to touring around the world while balancing life as a full-time student in the hotel school. So, let's bring him in right now. Hello, Iro. Hi. Hi, how are you? Good, thanks. How are you? Great. We're halfway into break. How have you been spending your time? I have been uh, just resting mostly, uh, especially Christmas, and now been getting back to back to normal. A lot of practice. Um, I did have some some physical issues that have been holding me back a little bit, but I'm getting getting back on it fully now. So I'm happy about that. Oh, I'm really happy to hear that, and thank you so much for making time amidst all of that resting and training. Of course. <laughs> so you're going into your last semester at Cornell. Um, what kind of classes are you taking? Um, I I'm taking twenty credits because I need to get out. <laughs> so um, that's quite a quite a bit for me. Um, but I had I took wines. I wanted to, I always wanted to take wines. Sad I can't take it in person. But anyway, I love wine, so I wanted to take that to know more about wines. Then um, I also have law, which I dropped because I was dumb. I remember <laughs> um, this. Where I sh- yeah, I should have taken it last semester, but then I didn't do any work, so I just dropped it, which was a huge mistake because that would have made my, my spring much easier. Um, then I had one more chord that I can't remember what it was. And then I had a few easier classes, uh, like sports psychology and stuff like that. Consumer behavior, yeah. Um, and you're also doing establishment as well, right? No, I had it last you semester. You had it, okay. So yeah. I'm actually taking that class online, and some of my friends that I'll take the class with are going to be in Ithaca, so um, it's going to be 4.30 a.m. for me, but I'm sure it'll be... I'll get wow. used to it. <laughs> It'll be fun. I I had it. I had my lab was on Wednesdays, and it started at ten p.m. Uh-huh. Oh wow, that's pretty late. And it was. I mean, it was not bad, but sometimes it went past midnight, so it was quite late. Especially the establishment night that went until like two a.m., but you only need to attend. Um, like three or four before the establishment start, and then you only have to attend yours. So it's not that bad at the end. It's only like four or five times. Oh, I actually remember this. You had your establishment night, and I yeah, pressed yeah. going, and you had your yeah right before our presentation or something. So yeah, it was yeah, like a yeah. very it busy a, it week. Was a rough, rough week, and also the whole whole semester was rough for me, especially because there were no tournaments, and it was tough to find motivation for practice. And then you had to worry about school, mm. and yeah, it was it was rough. I needed the break. Mm-hmm. Well deserved break that we have. Um, yeah. We never actually talked about this, but I actually did want to ask you, was there a reason why you specifically chose to study hospitality and also in mm. the United States? Um, well, when I was playing juniors, um, I was doing pretty well. Um, I was in the top 60 in the world in juniors wow. in tennis, and then I was traveling the world about 25 weeks a year playing tournaments. And then I started playing professionals after juniors ended 
and it was kind of stuck in place. Um, I didn't get good results, and then I sat down with my coach and talked what could we do, and then he said, you could go to college because you're decent at school, and, and I think that would be a good change for you because you need to change something to move forward. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, then I just um, decided to go. Um, the coach at Cornell contacted me with a few other... I, I mean, I got the how the recruiting works. They just sent you messages throughout your junior's career and I probably had offers from a hundred schools but I never I, I'd always ignored them because I wanted to go professional and not go to school mm. but yeah things changed and then the coach at Cornell was uh, very interested in me and he talked me in and then I chose Cornell um, and then yeah so you were scouted to Cornell uh, yeah wow yeah. Uh, the the reason I chose hospitality is mainly because I felt like that was the best option for me in terms of getting more out of my tennis as well because going to like um, engineering or stuff like that it, it takes too much time and I want to still focus on tennis mm-hmm. so and, and, and the other reason was I was I spent so much time at hotels I felt like that's a part of me mm-hmm. so and I've always liked hotels so yeah that's why I chose hospitality and the hotel school. Yeah. Do you think studying hotel administration then somehow widened your view of the world or contributed to, I don't know, your tennis career in some unexpected way? I mean, yeah, for sure. It broadened my view. But then in terms of tennis, when I, when I travel, I know more about what's happening where I am, mm. meaning the hotel. And yeah, I think that's... that's good general knowledge especially knowing how businesses work and and stuff like that oh definitely i was trying to help my mom book a hotel for her trip with her friends and she was going to like um like a third party agencies and i was like no hotels are smart i think you should just go to their main website (laughs) so i was helping her out and then i guess she was proud of me for a a while (laughs) Okay. Yeah, I I always ask my dad and my mom to book hotels because they they love it. They, oh, they okay. just It's their hobby, so they the only like they go to work and then when they get off work, especially my dad, he looks at flights and hotels and oh. plans our next vacation a year in advance and uh, yeah. So I just go to them. They're so much better than me at it. So that's so fun. Um, did you yeah. ever like travel? Well, I'm sure you traveled to the U.S. before a lot, but did you ever? live in the states or outside of finland when you were younger um i spent a lot of time in spain um we have a summer cottage there so i always spent my summers there from when i was super young and then when i was uh i think it was 12 i spent uh, there was a, a finnish school there so i took a semester there while practicing there and then i did that again when i was 14 I think and then uh, yeah I spent all my summers there anyway so I did live a little bit a little bit out of out of Finland as well mm-hmm. that sounds so much fun I hope I get to live in Europe sometime yeah <laughs> and what about like the student representation at Cornell like do you have like a community or club for students from Finland or is there is it not existing um, not no no i don't think i don't think there is okay yeah i just had to ask because you know like 
um, there's a lot of Koreans like myself yeah. there, and yeah. we have a huge community. We like stick together. <laughs> yeah, I, I, not that I know of. I don't think there is, and if there would be, I probably would know about it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, definitely. I have I haven't met a single Finnish person yet, uh, except oh. one one professor that plays tennis every day, at the almost every day at the tennis center. But yeah, other than that, I don't know any students. Have you talked to him a lot? No, <laughs> not, <really>. not actually. <laughs> no. Well, I was going through your, I don't know. Do you call it a profile bio uh, chart? I was going through your bio for from. ATP and also from Cornell, the mm-hmm. athletic board, and then mm-hmm. I did see that you in 2015 you were like a champion on the junior tour, and I was gonna ask you if it was like worldwide or national, but you told me it was worldwide. And then it says that you have a ranking of like a thousand something in the singles and in doubles. Um, do you yeah. have a match you prefer between singles or doubles? Um, I mean, I think doubles is more fun and relaxed, mm-hmm. um, but I still prefer singles. I think doubles is mainly a second option if singles doesn't go the way I want it to go, meaning I can make a living out of it, which is very hard because mm-hmm. the competition is super hard, but, uh, yeah, I think I'll still I'm still focused on on singles, but then I also like doubles, so that's a second option. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned that the season was off last year, right? In the spring. Yeah, we yeah we got to play a few games, and then then in March everything got shut down. So I see. That's a long time of then not having your matches. Yeah, I mean, I was able to play some tournaments during the fall, and and then we had a lot of tournaments in Finland, local tournaments during the summer. So, I I mean, I did get to play matches, but Mm -hmm. I still, like, if you go play the matches in Finland, you always play your friends, and you always play the same people, so, and you don't get any professional ATP points, so, you're a little bit like, um, it's it's different. The mental setup is different, and, and... I can say you're not 100% motivated to play those. Even though, I mean, you still get money and you still want to play, so you play them, but it's a complete different mindset going into professional matches that that matter mm-hmm. compared to playing people you know and and with basically the only thing on the line is some money. So. I see. And is it very different um, being a student athlete at a university and then just being a professional like a national tennis player. Um, yeah, for sure. I think the main difference is, especially now during the break, uh, where there's no school, you literally dedicate your whole day to be better at tennis, and it's nice because you don't have to worry about oh I gotta rush from practice to home to do this assignment or stuff like that. <laughs> so you have way more time to do things better, especially the small things. After practice, you go stretch for 30 minutes, for example. But mm-hmm. then when you have school, you might not have time to do that. And then also, you're much more fresh uh, mentally uh, when you don't have school. So I think that's the that's the main difference. Again, like you can still 
like I play professional tournaments and I consider myself as a professional player even during school but it's it, you don't have the time to play the amount of tournaments for example because first of all you have school and then also spring you have the season so you play college matches so you don't the amount of tournaments is very small compared to if you would be full-time playing professional tournaments mm-hmm. and when you're actually playing a match and you're I guess when you know that you're competing against other university students, does your men- mentality change when you step in the court, or is it the same as the same level of whatever mindset you bring in professional rounds? I think when you play college, you play for your team and your school, mm-hmm. and you want your team to succeed. So I think when I play college matches, I have the same mentality as when I play professional matches. Mm-hmm. But then, compared to, like I said, national matches in Finland, then I think that's a little bit different. But I think it's the same mindset when you play uh, internationally and college. So I think that's good. Okay. And like, how do you gain control or regain control of your focus when the court is not exactly in your favor during a match? Um, that's a good question. I think everybody has their own methods. I just, for me, I try to look ways to, I ask myself, what can I do to win this match? So it, it, it varies. It might be the conditions, the court, the wind, I don't know, uh, the opponent. So I just got to look ways to get the best out of that situation that I have been given. Mm-hmm. Is that the kind of mentality when you have just like in general outside of tennis, like maybe at school or is it just... Mm, yeah, I, I think I can say that in some yeah in some ways. I, maybe I don't see it as clearly. And even on the court, sometimes you don't see it as clearly. If you're very into the match, it becomes very emotional. Mm-hmm. And then it's hard to think. Uh, logically I would say mm-hmm. so so you you're more you're just playing the game to win and not thinking how you should think and that's I think that's a problem many people have and but again what what makes you a better player is that knowing what you're doing basically because mm-hmm. tennis is I would say 80% or 70% just mental focus based because whenever you play professional or in college everybody knows how to play tennis everybody's a decent player so then it just comes down to who's better dealing with certain situations and what do you think is your strength like do you consider yourself a patient person or a play you've done that wasn't ideal like you're able to bounce back quickly um or maybe you're very good at performing just as you practiced. Do you think you have a specific strength? Um, I don't consider myself as a patient <laughs> person, uh-huh. unfortunately. I think I've got it much better on the court, especially. When I was younger, I used to be very erratic and, and emotional, which is bad. And then, uh, yeah, I think for me... It all comes from getting confidence from practicing a lot and 
being in good shape and uh, having good confidence in my own game meaning playing the way I want to play I think that makes me play at a good level mm-hmm. do you have like a most memorable tennis match maybe it's like the opponent player or the location or just like a play that you did yeah I have a few I have one very good one from uh, not this uh, last summer but the previous summer so a year and a half ago I played an ATP challenger match here in Finland I got a wild card to the main draw what does and, that mean? Uh, it's um, so the way the tennis tour works is that you have smaller tournaments where you get ATP points from, mm-hmm. and they have the price money of fifteen thousand to twenty five thousand dollars. The whole, the entire price money. Mm-hmm. So the winner gets whatever two thousand dollars or three thousand dollars, and then those are hosted by the ITF, the International Tennis Federation. Mm. And then after you have enough ranking points, you get go to ATP tournaments. And ATP challenger tournaments are the lowest category ATP tournaments that have price monies from 50,000 to, I think, 150,000. Mm-hmm. And so I got a, a, a wild card to the main draw at one of those ATP challenger tournaments. And I won, uh, I beat a guy that was... I don't know, ranked three hundred in the world. Wow! <laughs> and yeah, I think that I, I think that's the most memorable one at the moment. Uh, there's there's many. Uh, I mean, I played a lot of people when I was junior mm-hmm. uh, that are now in the top fifty in the world. So, like those are memorable matches as well. I had a few very tough matches. I played the junior Wimbledon, for example. When I was in juniors, and then I played a super tight match with a player that's now top twenty in the world. Wow! And so, so those are matches that you'll always remember because you see the guys playing in the biggest stages, biggest arenas in the world, and you're like, "Wow!" Uh, I'm, and you see them play, and you played against them, and you're like, "I'm, I'm so close, mm-hmm. even though you're so far," mm-hmm. but. The scary part in tennis is everything is like the differences are so small, especially when you when you know that your level is like high enough to beat guys that are three hundred. Mm-hmm. If you if you beat those guys, then getting to that top hundred mm-hmm. is actually not that far, even though it's super far. But again, like I said, everybody knows how to play tennis. It's more about what goes through your head and what you do outside the court and and how do you practice it's 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 a combination of many things and when you have a really good match like that does that boost your confidence and give you extra energy to do better or is there also certain a level of added pressure that now like this is something i have to maintain um i mean for sure it gives you confidence like no doubt a lot of it actually um and it helps you push more and you're like if I can do this let's say you beat that guy and you're like man I, I wish I could play these tournaments every week uh, of like these ATP challengers let's say and you know you can beat the guys there um, yeah it gives you it gives you motivation to to do better I think the added pressure is I think it might add some but that's more of 
how you deal with the situation. I don't think anyone, I don't think you have to worry about what other people think, like, oh, this guy has to beat this guy now. I don't think uh, that's, that's, if you start thinking about that, then, then you have, then you have some bigger, bigger issues to deal with. Just worry about, just worry about what you're doing and, and how you deal with your own motivation. Mm-hmm. Perhaps that kind of like healthy mindset is what's required of a national national athlete. Yeah. I think of myself like I'm not an athlete at all, but I like started picking up golf last year and I do like a really perfectly beautiful shot. And then the next time I try, like I kind of put a lot of pressure on myself and tell myself like, oh, I have to do the exact same thing I did before, and then it doesn't go very well. But <laughs> it'd be yeah. really nice to have like the same strength and mentality and discipline, just to be able to yeah. play golf well too. Yeah. And then I was like watching your some of your interviews because you've been on so many tours, and I found one video or two from, I think it was Tom Tom. Pere? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Tampere. Tampere. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And I it was all in Finnish, I think. So I couldn't mm-hmm. understand at all. But assuming you've gone through a lot of interviews in the past, was there a recurring interview question that you get asked a lot? Um let me think. I mean, if it most of those interviews are probably after matches. Mhm. I think the interview that you're talking about, I think I can remember that one. Um, that there, I mean, right now in interviews, people ask more about college and how does that affect my tennis. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that's the m- most asked question at the moment when I was not in college yet. It was more just... Um, when it was about a match, then you just obviously talk about the match. But if you have an interview outside the match, they probably ask you, oh, what are your strengths in tennis? And what are your goals for the year? What are your goals in, in the long term and stuff like that? I see. Well, you sounded very excited and happy. So I assumed like it was after a game you won or something and you were talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that, that was the that was the tournament I talked about. And that was I played I played it. That was actually after the doubles match I also played I also got a wild card into the doubles in the same tournament wow and then and then we won a match with a friend of mine that actually goes to to college as well he goes to Alabama and we beat these guys that are pretty high ranked and do that like travel those tournaments um, every week so so beating those guys as well gave us gives a sign that we can do this as well, even though we're college players and we don't have a ranking, but um, we're as good or even better as them in, in tennis. So so why can't we do this as well? Love to hear that confidence. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of those questions then, what are your plans for the upcoming season in 2021? Will you be back in full season? Um, unfortunately, not for full season. Unfortunately, Ivy League tennis mm-hmm. uh, got canceled, oh, so we don't have a college season, which actually sucks a lot. Because uh, last semester, I really wanted to play those those college matches because they're a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah, that sucks a lot. But then again, it gives me the opportunity to play more professional tournaments, which is good in the long run. However, due to the situation, a lot of tournaments are getting cancelled. Uh, a lot of travel restrictions apply, which make hard to get into countries. So it is not easy, especially playing these ITF tournaments, which are the low low money, low point tournaments. So mm, the life playing those tournaments is far away from luxury. You go to places that you might not want to go to and the organization of the tournament usually is very poor because mm. they don't have the money to put the resources in and then when you compare it to for example the Australian Open is coming up now in a few weeks and uh, Australia I don't know if you know but Australia is like super closed like you can't even travel there but then yeah. somehow they were able to host the host the Australian Open so my friend uh, is playing there so he told me that the way they are able to make the tournament uh, happen is that every player must quarantine for two weeks ah. and they get five hours a day outside the hotel for practice but other than that they're not allowed to leave the hotel um, but then how do you monitor that like they have to have uh, so much money involved to to make sure everything but I, again you gotta think about okay this is a a grand slam tournament so the price money is the winner gets what three five million i don't even know wow but, <laughs> but then he told me that the atp had to go to australia because you can't fly there they had to they had to get private planes basically for the players to get in so the the ATP the ATP uh, rented eighteen uh, charter uh, flights from I think it was seven different cities, and they rented eighteen Qatar Airways like the large airplanes, and they flew with thirty percent capacity to get all the players and and staff in there. So just imagine how much money that took to rent eighteen. Um, commercial airlines that all only flew one direction uh, from 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 places that they would never fly from. Like there was a flight from uh, this small place in Turkey because many players were playing tournaments there, so they had to get a flight from there. So, but yeah, so it's 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 a different world playing playing these lower priced money tournaments. Mm-hmm. Does that all come out of your personal budget or the organization that yes. hosts? No, it's it's all you you pay everything, food, travel, hotel, and then um, these tournaments. If you don't do well, mm-hmm. and even if you win the whole tournament, you still probably lose money. Mm-hmm. Until you, I think the threshold to make money out of tennis is you have to be top two hundred in the world. And is that where you intend to be soon? I hope so. I mean, soon is is um, a heavy word. <laughs> you know, some 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 people take uh, three, four, five years to get there. Mm-hmm. Some people just get a wild card to a bigger tournament and they end up winning it, so they get a lot of points and they spike up in the rankings. Mm. Um, but 
I hope so. That's my goal. So for this semester, I'll just play whatever tournaments I can get into and the countries I can get into, and mm. then and then hopefully the situation will get better by time. So if this year had been just normal, what do you think would have been your goal? Mm, my goal would have been probably think more about the college season and do well for my last college season and have like maybe goals in terms of uh, getting into the NCAAs or stuff like that um, and do well with the team but now they're more of I mean even now my goals are more in terms of becoming a better player I don't have any any goals in terms of results because I haven't played much so it's more about becoming better and and having confidence in my own game well I'm so looking forward to your next several years um, after this year when everything is better and hopefully we take this this may be kind of a dormant a limited year for all of us still but um, I'm hoping to come out of it more prepared and more polished Mm -hmm. I I mean I I want that as well but especially last spring uh, sorry last fall I wasn't able to do that so I'm, I'm a little disappointed in myself but again I can't be too hard on myself I think that that mindset that you just mentioned i think that's that's a good thing to have mm-hmm. we remember we were trying to set up a team meeting for our previous team project and you told us that you had to be ready for practice at like 7 a.m in the morning yeah right is that something yeah. that happens every single day no no, no that okay. was just that's mostly because um i have to get my practice done in the morning so I can attend classes during the afternoon here mm-hmm. which is then morning in the US so that's why I mean they were not all at 7am but does it ever get easier balancing school and training um, or is it a constant I mean when, 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 when I'm at Cornell then yeah it's a little easier because you go to classes and then you have practices around your class schedule but here more um, I don't know it, it, it's tougher as for, at least for me it's way tougher to have school done online because then attending classes is like when you go to class at Cornell you actually study but then mm-hmm. when you're <laughs> when you're doing it online you might be on your phone or doing something else on on your computer while oh, you're tell me listening to the class it, yeah so i think i mean i know for sure like i'm not the only one so that made <laughs> but that's the problem then because then you have to do well in assignments and then <laughs> i i haven't been studying as much so then i have to spend more time on my assignments which then is again time off that I could be on the tennis court. Mm-hmm. And whereas if I go to class, mm-hmm. I probably don't have to spend as much time outside class uh, working on assignments. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping the second semester will be better since I've done this bef- once before. <laughs> yeah. 
And I mean, I know, I know, mine has to be better because otherwise I can't. <laughs> I, I don't graduate, so Ugh. I have to do well. So that's a, that's that's something that I, I, it will be in my mind to push me to watch the lectures and right. actually. And after Cornell, I know you wanted to continue your career in tennis. Is there a set period that you want to um, stay in the scene, or is, do you want to play as long as you can? Mm, yeah, I'll, I'll just play as long as. I can. It depends if I don't. I mean, I'll give myself maybe. I think three, four years is is something that's acceptable. And then, if you see that after three, four years you can't make a living out of it, then you have to think about what you're gonna do. Maybe I mean you can always try to play doubles because you can make money off doubles, good money off doubles. And I think uh, I'm a pretty good doubles player. So mm-hmm. if if I can't succeed in singles, then I can always try doubles and then. If he, if doubles doesn't work either, then at least I have a degree from Cornell. To work <laughs> with, so, well, is there anything outside of tennis that you would be genuinely excited about getting into, or is tennis just the one for you, and the one that is your calling? I mean, right now, yes, tennis is tennis is the only thing. But then, I mean, I'd always. I was like, if if I wouldn't be playing tennis, I would love to manage a hotel in somewhere in like Thailand or something like that, a resort. Just enjoy the weather and and have a nice, Why have a Thailand? nice resort that I yeah. I don't know. I've I've been there so many times. I yeah, I love Thailand. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't love Thailand, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I can be friends <laughs> if you have been there. So, yeah. Well, I think you'll do an amazing job running hotels as well. Uh, yeah, I think so as well. <laughs> um, so, assuming that I will see your name on the commencement list, and but we both of us had made it past Cornell, do you think you'll be staying in your hometown, Turku? Is that where you are right now? Uh, no, I'm You're in Helsinki. Not. I was oh. born in Turku. Okay. I was born in Turku, but I moved to Helsinki when I moved to high school. Oh my gosh, I've always wanted to visit there, which I will. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> don't don't come now because it's it's minus twenty oh. Celsius. It's so bad. It's uh-huh. so bad right now. I don't know what happened, and we have like two feet of snow. It's it's actually like not fun anymore. Uh-huh. Are you used to the cold, or is that something you never get used to? I mean, I'm used to it, but I hate <laughs> cold. I hate cold and oh same. This like we always expect, especially southern Finland, usually doesn't get much snow and usually doesn't get very cold. Like stays around zero the the degrees even during during like winter. But now this past week has been something that hasn't happened in like ten years or something like that. So insane. And just like coming from Ithaca, I thought I would have been used to the cold in the winters, but it just doesn't get easier for me. So I yeah. will visit in the summer. Is that a good time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come, come summer. Summer is beautiful. Okay. <laughs> summer is absolutely beautiful. Don't come in your winter because you have as also you have like three hours of sunlight in, during the day if the sun even shows up. Okay. Like, you can have a week without seeing the sun during winter. Wow, I've never heard of that. Yeah, it's, it's depressing. <laughs> <laughs> and is that where you want to stay this year, like, after graduating? Mm, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll base here and, and set up my practices in here and, and stay home and then travel from here. Okay. 
Well, speaking of traveling, since I think two years before when we still were able to travel for spring break, I traveled to Nice in France. And、mm. then I did this Airbnb experience thing where strangers and this local yoga instructor meet up. And then we were doing yoga outside this beautiful, like, ruins of a castle. And then. Interesting. Yeah. And then I met my first、uh, Finnish person. Who was a diplomat and she was also just traveling by herself. And、uh-huh. um, she told me so much about Helsinki, which is why I've been wanting to visit since. And because I have you with me now,、um, what is like one location that you recommend? Preferably a place better known by your friends and your, the locals and the tourists. And it can be like a specific street or. A specific、hmm. establishment that you enjoy going to? That's a tough question because <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't, I just go to the restaurants and, and that's it, mate. Like, I don't.、Um, well, actually, but I think that's also kind of a tourist location, but there's this kind of a bar ish place. It's、uh-huh. right at the sea. They have like a huge terrace that's kind of above the sea. And then.、It, They also have a sauna in there that you can rent for, for friends. Like they have two or three of them. And I think that's, that's a super cool place. That's awesome. Hang out、fun. and spend time. What is it called?、Um, What's it called? Or、oh, should I, I just type in like sauna and Helsinki? Would it come up?、Uh, oh, no, it's called、uh, Lul. L O Y. L O Y. L O Y Helsinki. Oh, I see yeah, it. I think that's it. You see I'm the looking picture, it up right、like、now.、That. Oh my gosh, it's so yeah. beautiful. Yeah, that, that, that one's a nice place, especially during summer. Because、mm-hmm. you can stay out until like 11 p.m. and the sun is still shining. The sun does like different things in、uh, Finland, it sounds like, from. What I'm used yeah, to. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah.、So, like during summer, you probably, the sun comes out at like four,、mm-hmm. and then it goes down at like what, midnight. And even after that, it never gets like dark.、Mm-hmm. So it's. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. <laughs> so, what do you enjoy doing when you're not studying or playing tennis?、Mm, I play quite a bit of video games. I think that's right now.、Mm-hmm. I think I'm playing, yeah. Which then, one?、Uh, I play League of Light, Legends.、Mm. I mean, you're Korean, so you should know. <laughs> yeah, I should. I don't play any,、yeah. but I'll, obviously, all my friends are into it. And they have、yeah. like, the Ivy League tournament of League of Legends. And、oh, really? obviously, it's always the Koreans who win. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then just going into, like, I'm very into, as you know, like, media. And new media, and on YouTube, and even on Twitch, there's a huge gaming、uh, community. So I've been trying to acquaint myself more with it so that I can hold some conversations with friends about it.、Mm-hmm. It's, I think it's a fairly complex game if you don't play it. Like, even, like, let's say you play some other game, let's say Call of Duty, because that most of the people know that one. So it's just. You just shoot and, and try to kill people. <laughs> But then <laughs> this one is、uh, you gotta play it for so long to understand about it.、Mm-hmm. And I think that, that's, that's a 
like a barrier for for people not to not to get into it as much because they realize how tough it is to understand about it mm-hmm. which is why i failed to get into it i think my friend tried to teach me one day and i didn't have the patience for it <laughs> yeah i think i mean i had a little bit the same when i started playing it but then i think when you start understanding the game that's why it's so popular because it's so well designed and it kind of kind of get um addicted to it when you understand it <laughs> well it sounds like you still have a healthy habit because you're still managing to do your other priorities whilst playing games yeah i was i mean sometimes especially with school it's hard but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah okay well one of my last or my last question for you is I've been getting very into analyzing myself and people and MBTIs are like really great mm-hmm. <laughs> for getting to know people. Um, have you taken the test? No. You have not? Okay. Um, you've Have you heard about it? Say that again. What was the name of the test? Uh, MBTI. No, I, I haven't. I haven't. Okay. Well, it's just about like categorizing everybody in the world into 16 different types it gives you pretty good results about who you are from so like um there's like it gives you like four letters and it tells you whether you're an oh in- yeah, yeah. I, I heard about it i think yeah. i think i heard about it in in uh, ob class <laughs> so anyways mm-hmm. i think it'd be really cool for you to take it and then let me know <laughs> what your type is because i'm quite curious okay. um <laughs> Because with the type, it tells you like what type of personalities you have, but also like the kind of uh, jobs and careers that are best suited for you. And I think there was a type about like athletes too. So I was just wondering if you happen to be that type, which would be really cool. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll try to remember to take it. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> well, thank you so much for all of that and just really going into depth about tennis. And I've learned so much. Um, and heard so many interesting stories. I'm gonna replay this episode over and over. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs>